All right, now the quarterback dominoes, they are starting to fall in this historic NFL off season. If you haven't been paying attention, Derek Carr signing with the Saints, a four-year deal, $150 million, according to reports. Now, Carr was released by the Raiders after nine seasons, and he's now headed to New Orleans. Remember, that team finished seven and ten last season. When I think about this, this is huge because it's the first domino to fall. You might be thinking, Acho, you're just talking about Derek Carr. No, no, no. Where Derek Carr goes, it has some sort of impact on where Aaron Rodgers goes or does not mm. go. So this is very, very big mm. news. I think Carr is a good fit for the Saints. Yeah. The reason I think he's a good fit for the Saints, yo, that division's wide open. Shady played in that division. Shady won a Super Bowl in that division. He knows that division well. Let me remind y'all of that division. The current quarterbacks in that division, you have Matt Corral for the Carolina Panthers. You have Desmond Ritter of the Atlanta Falcons. You have Kyle Trask of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Or you will have a rookie that one of those teams or all of those teams will draft. You have Derek Carr, MVP vote Derek Carr. He's gotten one previously. Three-time Pro Bowl Derek Carr. He's been there before. You either have Derek Carr or you have Matt Corral, Ritter, Kyle Trask, or Rookie. Give me the team that has Derek Carr. The team that has Derek Carr in that division instantaneously has an advantage. And the second reason it's a great fit for the Saints, Saints don't play that draft young quarterback game. They right, don't right. play that game that everybody else gets fascinated by. The last time the Saints drafted a first-round quarterback, the last name was Manning, Archie Manning, 1971. Archie Manning? Yes, sir. It's the last time. Hmm. So the Saints aren't into that, oh, let me see what that new quarterback going to do for me. <laughs> they like their quarterbacks old and seasoned, and that's what Derek Carr is. Now, Derek Carr is good. I don't know that he's going to be great, but he's good. I think it's good for the Saints. Shady, where you at? I love it for the Saints. And you say he's not going to be good or great. He's going to have to be great. They have a number five defense last year, <laughs> right? Them guys over there on defense, they, they, they win games. I think sometimes we get confused with, oh, we have, to have, a, we have to have a great quarterback to win games. Tom Brady's a great quarterback. When my time Bay got that, that ring for me, appreciate it. But there were some games that the defense kind of won. Yeah. And you need that. And the Saints have that, I think, with, with some of his, um, you know, Alvin Kamara, some of his weapons out there. Michael Thomas, hopefully he, he gets back to that elite level. And then Chris Alave. You know, Chris Alave is, like is, a, is a hell of a rookie. So you have some pieces there. And I feel like the best thing with Derek Carr is he's a seasoned franchise quarterback. He knows how to win. He's been with a place, dysfunctional place with the Raiders. So many different coaches, so many different coordinators. And then not having a good defense where you have to go out there and win games, right? If you don't play good, they lose. Or with the Saints, right, in a weaker division, that division's bad. Mm. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you see that last year. But then you have a defense where they can go out there and win games. So I love the move for the Saints. It was a plus. I love it. I don't know what's not to love. Derek Carr is clearly a leader. He's clearly a, a, a veteran, a guy who's been through a lot of controversy. He can now go to a place that doesn't have a lot of controversy, right. that has a good defense. People forget, people forget that defense in Vegas was bad, bad last year. Bad, bad. And if you are the quarterback, you got to overcome a really bad defense. Not a middle defense, not just an okay defense. One of the worst in the league. You have to pick up the slack for that when you are on the offense and you are the quarterback, right. which means there's more pressure on the offense, which means they're pushing, which means more mistakes, which I think played a role in his bad season last year. I don't think Derek Carr is bad. I think he's not great. I think he's good enough. And particularly for this division, as we all just went down, I mean, you got Desmond Ritter, Kyle Trask, Matt Corral, or a rookie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They got the defense already. Right. It's a steady organization. And we probably should have seen this coming because Dennis Allen drafted Derek Carr. Yeah. He was there for four games and then got fired because Derek Carr went through six coaches when he was in Las Vegas. Good point. But they have a relationship. So yeah. that's, that, that's clearly something that's important to Derek Carr as well is relationships. He has weapons, as you mentioned, and the Saints are an organization that is well-run. They draft well. 
They have a good defense. They've got a great fan base. Everyone's going to embrace him there. It's not going to be this wishy-washy type of situation, great ownership. So I think, it's a, I think it's a good situation. How far they will go in the postseason, that's going to depend on Derek Carr and his play. Yeah. That's what's really going to come down to. They're clearly the best team in the division right now. Yeah. So I, that's, that's what it's going to come down to. I appreciate the way you guys have framed it. Because when you say great, and you, when you put the word great and Derek Carr in the same sentence, that's when I start to get nervous. Fair. Because, okay? look, was Andy Dalton a great fit? I mean, he was a fit, right? And I don't see a whole lot of difference between Andy Dalton and Derek Carr. Uh, what I will say is Derek Carr is a great bargain. Because while the, the contract may look at four years, $150 million, this is essentially a two-year deal for... 35 million, not 30 million guaranteed uh, the first two years. So even the Saints aren't saying we're all in on Derek Carr. This is basically getting us through this period where we can have the best quarterback in the division, but not pay a whole lot. And his, his salary only counts 1.5 million against the cap this first year. So that gives them plenty of money to spend on everything else, which is what I think you have to do That's when hard. you have Derek Carr. So I, I, I can't like, he's the answer, he's the next great quarterback for the Saints, I'm certainly not going to go there. But does it, does it work, and does it make the Saints arguably the best team in the division? Yeah, I'm willing to go there. Here's my only thought, Joy Shady, is this. It's, I, I love that quote, don't miss the boat waiting on the yacht. That's what the Saints have done. Like, they haven't missed the boat trying to wait on the yacht. They haven't missed a good quarterback mm. trying to wait on the right, great right, quarterback. Right. But in the same breath, good is the enemy of great. I do think they mm. will be good with Derek Carr. I think they will win the division. But I can't even speak to say they're going to win a Super Bowl in Derek Carr's tenure there because nothing about Derek Carr says he is Super Bowl capable. I understand all the bad defenses and all that. But So I love Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a great man. I think Derek Carr is a great leader. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. But I'm only wondering, Joy, are they allowing good – to be the enemy of great? Should they have tried to finesse to trade up, get a young QB? Should they have tried to finesse to trade out and maybe stack up first-round picks for the next year? Do they try to just rebuild? Like, do you think they might be fooling themselves by just like you always say, what y'all competing for? Yeah, but there's a lot of teams that we we play pretend like they're Super Bowl contenders and they're doing the same thing. What's the difference with what the Packers doing? They had the same season last year, Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, and we're we're at home at the exact same time. Mm Mm-hmm. They have bigger resumes in Green Bay, but there's something to staying competitive as well. Look, once you get into the dance, you never know what can happen. Plenty of teams get in there and make a lot of ruckus in the postseason. Nobody giving them any kind of credit. Injuries happen. You lose a quarterback. You lose a, a, a critical offensive lineman. You don't know what's going to happen in the postseason. And this move puts them in a position to win the division, which is Shady said, uh, yeah. is the first thing that you focus on. That's right. You focus on winning the division. That's what they're doing. So I hear what you're saying. I don't like people like when t- teams aren't aggressive to their own detriment. But to me, this is an aggressive move. Go out and get the guy that everybody was, was talking to and, and sign him. Shady, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know that Derek Carr has ever won his division. Does that concern you at all? You can hide behind, well, Patrick Mahomes was there. You can hide behind, well, Phillip Rivers was there. You that, can hide that, behind. That matters, though. That does matter. But does it matter to you that Derek Carr has never actually done the one thing nah. that he has to do? No, nah, I, don't, I don't never believe. I'll never believe I've seen Matt, Matthew Stafford win his division, right? Mm. So I don't think that matters. Yeah. And, and I think that now, I think you take him with, with a better team. First of all, they run the ball well. They do. So if you run the ball well and you had a top five defense and you have a solid quarterback, why, why can't they compete for a championship? 
It don't got to look pretty. As long as they get there. They have the tools to, to win a championship. Either you, go, you could have a great offense, which we've seen the last couple of years, or you have a solid running game, a, a, a safe, solid quarterback. I, don't, I won't even put him in a safe quarterback category. He's a solid quarterback. Let's turn the ball over and make some plays down the field. And then you have a good defense. They could compete for a championship. They could have the opportunity. How about yeah, that? That Let's is fair. That. There's been a breaking news kind of day in the NFL. We got to bring you all this latest one. Daniel Jones, quarterback, fourth round quarterback for the New York Giants. He got his big payday for a year deal, reportedly for $160 million. Now, the deal includes, this is a real important number, $82 million guaranteed. Daniel Jones coming off his first playoff appearance last season. Shady, the Giants fans and NFL fans have to be curious about this, because what Daniel Jones just got paid impacts what your quarterback will be paid. So make sure you dial into this question. Did the Giants overpay for Daniel Jones? <sighs> 160, 82. Carry that one, though. Make sure you do your math, right? <laughs> I'm going uh, to say that's a solid number for him. I'm going to say a solid number, because Derek Carr got what? Got $37 million um, yearly, and uh, you know, Daniel Jones got, what, 40? Mm-hmm. That's about right. Had a better year. Um, and he has a, a promising future for the most part. I think with Brian Dayball having a coach like that, mm. he, he's shown that he can win games. He can win a playoff game. And they don't have their roster yet. It's a, it's a new um, coach, coaching staff. So I, I like this deal for him. And the best part why I like this deal is because now you could keep Saquon Barkley, yep. right, who's really the offense you know, if he can stay healthy. And then you franchise tag him. So I think he's at $10 million mm-hmm. at that number. So you keep him there. Um, and then next year you make him, you, you probably pay him, but you, you make him earn it. I think one more year for Saquon Barkley at the level he played at this year, you got to pay him. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of like the deal. I just think that maybe the guarantee, you probably could have got it like, like maybe 70, mm-hmm. right? But, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, at the negotiations, you, you don't get everything. Correct. I'm sure Daniel Jones went in there like, look, man, hey, I want $45 million. You know, yearly, yeah, sure. I, I, wanna, I want uh, uh, 185 total. Got to get so, two sweets. Yeah, yeah. You got to get, yeah. so, so get two sweets. The one. best part about negoti- negotiations are you get what you want for the most part, and they get what they want, and they meet in the middle, yeah. and they sign the deal. Shady, I'll be honest, big dog. I, I think the, the Giants overpaid. It is a pricey, though. It is a pricey. pricey. I mean, at the end of the day, I look at it as a two-year, $82 million deal. I won't bog y'all down with numbers. I don't find that to be sexy on television. So I'll just bog y'all down with some truth. <laughs> Brian Dable, to me, is one of the most brilliant offensive minds in football. Former offensive coordinator for LaShawn McCoy, now head coach for the New York Giants. Why don't I love him acquiring Daniel Jones for the next two years, really? Four years, if you want to go that route. If you are too much more talented than your player, then you are hamstrung by your player's talent. Daniel Jones has never had more passing touchdowns in a season than games played. Yeah, I knew that. I knew never. That. He played 16 games last year. He had 15 passing touchdowns. He played 11 games a year before. He had 10 passing touchdowns. He played 14 games a year before. He had 11 passing touchdowns. So in these last three years, rather, in these last three years, he hasn't had more passing touchdowns than games played. So if I'm Brian Dable and I am this mad scientist, if you will, I can only be as good as my talent. Right. Like, if, if you are the – I went to my first uh, NASCAR race. Is that what they're called? NASCAR race? Yeah, NASCAR. NASCAR. NASCAR race. Yeah, NASCAR. First one. I'll one of my first one. One of my first one at the Coliseum. I think it was – Oh, you went, a, you went to that, yeah. To, at the Coliseum. Did, right. you, did you bet? No, 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 no. Oh, I just, sorry. I just went. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know really, that. It's a really cool race. It's, it's, it's a super, I went last year. super dope race. I like the bet. But what's fascinating is if you take one of those drivers and put them in one of my Monday through Friday cars – 
They're limited by the vehicle. Sure. Mm. <laughs> they can what? only go as fast all of as your, a car. All of your car? I said my lower. Uh, yeah, I hate them. Both of them are hated. Um, so my point is, and the only reason I bring up that analogy and then I'm done is, if the NASCAR driver is limited by the vehicle, then Brian Dable is limited by the quarterback. Mm. And now if you're tethered to the quarterback for two more years, I just don't think that is great for Brian Dable. Joy? Okay, to, uh, well, to this, this is more analogies. Quote my good friend Colin Cowherd. You don't go cheap on transportation or toilet paper. <laughs> you travel, you have things that you prioritize, right? For me, it's transportation and a hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm not staying in a cheap hotel. I'm not going to skimp on how I'm going to get there because I want to get there refreshed and I want to wake up every morning refreshed. True. I don't want to hear things through the walls. I'm going to sleep True. in some nice sheets. Maybe I won't do as much shopping on this trip if it's mm-hmm. an expensive one because that's a luxury. True. Okay. So you've got to pay for the things you need. Mm-hmm. And the market is the market. I see what you're going so maybe Daniel Jones is a little expensive. Yeah. But that's a quarterback. So you might have to pay him a little more money than you would like to pay him. That's good. Good I don't think yeah. Daniel Jones is really a top quarterback in the league. I think he's good enough. He's shown that he was good enough this, this year. Now he's got a whole offseason in, in the system. They're going to add some more pieces around it. He'll get better. Mm-hmm. But what you can't do is not have a quarterback. What you can't do is not have a flight to your destination. (laughs) Right. What you can't do is not have a place to sleep when you get there. Mm. This is an expensive thing to have. It's why I just said I don't have sympathy for organizations who don't budget to to pay their quarterback. How are you going to buy a house and then be surprised when the mortgage payment shows up? Well, I pay this? What's this this bill for? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So I I know it's a lot of money. It feels like a lot of money for Daniel Jones. But the Giants were relevant last year. That's important. Mm -hmm. It's important to be be competitive. It's important to be competitive in New York. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's important to Brian Dable to continue to put out a good product and build his organization. And Daniel Jones is a good culture guy. He, He works hard. He feels like he has a lot to prove. And he did that this year. He deserved to get paid. Maybe it's a little more than you wanted to, but I also disagree with the two-year thing. If he turns out to not play well this year, which I don't anticipate he will, I think he'll have as good of a year as he did last year or better. Mm -hmm. But let's say he's terrible this year. There is no such thing as an immovable contract. There's been so many. Remember Jared Goff? Oh, my God! People were losing their collective minds over Jared Goff. Where's Jared Goff play right now? Hey. Is he playing in Los Angeles or is he playing in Detroit? They figured it out. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. All these contracts can be moved. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is about to go someplace. He's about to get moved. Yeah, so this is is reasonable. You want him for this year. Even if you don't want him for next year and you bring in a rookie or whatever, there's always somebody who's going to be in the the market for a quarterback. I don't think it's that pricey, and I don't think they made a mistake. And I also don't think that they really committed to Daniel Jones. To Mm -hmm. your point, he has a bad year. They can move that. And two years, to me, is not a commitment. It's it's a bridge, Uh, (laughs) right? And – what I'm, but I'm really curious because I look at the, the price point. The reason I don't think that it's pricey is because I look at what he did last year. He was right behind Justin Herbert in passer, passer rating. He was, I know that probably touches me, something with you. Don't get me started. Uh, I'm staying out of trouble. I'm staying out of trouble. But uh, right there with Derek Carr in terms of uh, passing yards, top five in completion percentage. And you keep going to how many passing touchdowns he had. Right, he had, he had rushing. Yeah, 22 to 5. I mean, mm-hmm. distinctly different. And uh, what I'm really curious is you think that Brian Dable is being hamstrung yeah. because Daniel Jones is a limited quarterback. Yes, sir. I don't know that they would make this deal if Brian Dable agreed with you. 
because I feel as if we haven't seen all of Daniel Jones. And Dable is the one who has to believe, no, there's more there that I can unpack and utilize. But let me give you this. Let me give you this. And Shady, I'm very interested in your input before we have to ride out on this one. If I'm Brian Dable, I adopted Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones at the time of adoption, if you will, literally, figuratively speaking, ride with me. 12 wins, 25 losses. 62% 62% completion percentage. Uh, just, just career? Yes, career. I'm giving you a whole career. 12 wins, 25 losses, 62% completion percentage, and 60 touchdowns, 34 picks. If I can turn that into a guy who has 22 total touchdowns, five picks, mm-hmm. if I can turn a 62% completion percentage into a 67% completion percentage, if I can turn a guy who has a, a two-to-one touchdown interception ratio into a three-to-one touchdown interception ratio – Imagine what I could do with somebody who was just starting out as good. Slick, we talked about this at nauseum before you were on the show, is Daniel Jones was not perceived to be a franchise quarterback. He wasn't. Nope. By anybody. Not even the Giants, where they would have picked up his very cheap fifth-year option, roughly $19 million. Maybe so the Mannings. If, <laughs> but if I'm Brian Dayball, if I could turn that into this, yeah. imagine what I could do with something greater. That's just where I'm at. And that, that's a great way to look at it. Or you could look at it, well, man, if I did this with him, because he might not have a, a good quarterback coach or a good offensive coordinator, and I, and I see more potential with him. Because one thing about Dan Jones, he can run too now. Yeah, he can. Right? And, and he's safe with the football yep. when he has a good coach with him. Mm-hmm. So, Brian Dayball, look, he could look at it the way you said it. Or, well, man, if I got a solid quarterback that I got, some, that I got some, a lot of potential left, I get the running back with the franchise tag. Now I could address some of my other big issues mm-hmm. I have on offense, on yep. defense. Because they need they – no, they don't have no number one uh, no wide receivers. receiver. Yep. He, Daniel Jones, and I got him give him credit because I didn't think he was this good. <laughs> I mean, but how good is he? But hold on for a second. I don't think nobody thought he was this good. All right, you get a solid coach, and you see how good he really is. But check it out. He did all that with with undrafted players, free agents. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about free agents on just on the block during the season. He didn't do that with no superstar wide receivers, right? Uh, Kadarius Tony left and went to the Chiefs. He was their best player on offense. I felt like as wide receiver. So now, if you you could you could touch that room in the wide receiver room, you get some defensive players, some offensive linemen. Now you got a ball game. Here's my thought though, two five, and this is what always frustrates me. I know we don't have a ton of time. Is I believe quarterbacks and wide receivers are uh, they're they're both dependent upon each other to some degree. Okay. Kadarius Tony, for whatever reason, the Giants moved on. Chiefs sure benefited from him. Kenny Galladay, remember Kenny Galladay had 2,000-yard seasons with the Detroit Lions? Yeah. He was that huge signing for the Giants. Nothing happened. Right. So I'm, the Giants tried to do what you all speak of oftentimes, Joy and Shady and even you, Slick. They tried it with free agency with Galladay, and they tried it with the draft with Tony, and they went a big 0 for 2. So I'm wondering, like... But that wasn't Dayball on them, that picked no, him. No, 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 it wasn't. That's the difference. Yep. Now he gets to go out there and pick his players that he wants and, to go with Daniel I mean, Jones. If you didn't get the right draft pick or the, the right free agent, you're just going to stop bringing in I'm just wondering positions? how much of that is on Daniel Jones. That's think, really what I mean, I'm alluding to. I think some of it to. was, but this year they didn't really have a lot of high-level skill positions outside of the, the running game. Yeah. So they're going to upgrade their roster this year. Again, yes, it'll will. be another year with Brian Zabel and Daniel Jones working together. Yep. Another offseason. His first that, real offseason. His so. real offseason yeah. with him. Yeah, so that, that development process, that matters too. It and absolutely get, does. You didn't get married. You just got engaged. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. Right, You're right. Like that's a, a good one. Ring. Yeah. I'm good with them. <laughs> the wedding rings and that, that's tough. But the, but the promise? I, 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 yeah. I got promise rings were big in high school. Why'd you have to go? Promise rings, promise necklace. That's why I'm going to yep. – I'll take this one. Yeah. I'll take this one. Like a promise necklace? Yeah. Hey, that's the level of – is there a commitment there? What? Hey, no. I promise to be yes. – What? Yes. I promise to I always promise be dedicated to, really to like you. you. 
I ain't, I ain't oh, I say I promise I'll always be necklace. dedicated to you. That's my line. Right you, is there like a, a ring band? Wait, we gotta go to break because I don't want nobody knowing. Is there like a just get educated? I mean, that was you don't still give out promise rings. That was like high school. No, I still give out promise stuff. Like. Because, like, I'm not ready to be in a committed relationship. You're not either. But we got the promise. promise. Yeah. So I promise to give myself Baby, to you. Baby, I promise. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Get some, get some flowers, some chocolate. You know hey, what I mean? You're on key. Come on. You taking single lessons? No, no, no. You don't leave don't me hanging, I swear. I thought you were holding the microphone. No, you're on key. You're like, you. I respect that. I'm proud of you. Flippin' Bats with Ben Verlander is your only place for the World Baseball Classic coverage. Hi, I'm Ben Verlander, host of Flippin' Bats. And I'm Alex Curry, co-host of Flippin' Bats. From Taiwan to Phoenix and Miami, we'll be providing you daily updates on all the action taking place in this year's WBC. So wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to like and subscribe us at Flippin' Bats. Kevin Durant, he was supposed to make his home debut with the Suns yesterday, but what you're watching right now, he slips somehow. Pre-game warm-up. No defense, by himself, ah. slips, and now the reports say after this MRI, he's scheduled for today, but many people are already thinking it's a grade two sprain, he might be out for four to six weeks. That would mean the rest of the regular season. This is huge news for one of the biggest and best players in all of the National Basketball Association. Slick, does the Kevin Durant injury change your opinion of the Suns title chances, given the fact they had KD, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, this is a very good team, but how does that injury affect The answer is no, in that my opinion of their chances of winning the championship was not high to begin with. Mm. But I'm going to say yes, because it does change dramatically what I believe was their chance of even getting out of the Western Conference Finals or getting to the finals. Uh, Look, they have a healthy lead on the and they're in the fourth seed right now and they have a healthy lead over the Golden State Warriors. So um, but you're missing him. Right. And you're not just missing him. If you let's say you take the Phoenix Suns and you take the Phoenix Suns that won 64 last year and you take the Phoenix Suns that went to the finals the year before, you're not just losing Kevin Durant. You're losing Kevin Durant. You're losing Mikhail Bridges. You're losing Cam Johnson and you're losing Jay Crowder from those teams of those previous years. So it's really hard for me to make an argument that they can do anything close to what those teams did, which still was short of winning a championship. Mm The out that I give them, the reason that I'm not burying them, is because the West collectively is a mess. And because they do have that edge on the Golden State Warriors right now. So it really just depends on when does he get back and what does he look like when he does. Slick, my, my, my title hope for the Suns, they didn't change, but y'all, they got sobered up. I was drunk on the Suns juice. Why? Kevin Durant's there. Devin mm. Booker there. Chris Paul is there. I'm with you. I'm falling out of my chair too far. But now you're right. Man, but now I'm, I'm okay. sitting up straight and I'm buttoned up. Um, I'm sobered up on what's going on with the Suns because I'm reminded of the fact that though Anthony Davis has that nickname Street Clothes, let's not get it twisted. KD is the one that's missed 179 games since 2019. Mm. Let's not get it twisted. KD is the one who has missed 57% of percentage of games played in the event he does not play the rest of the season. He would have missed 57% of the potential games played since 2019. More than any other NBA player that's made seven all-star appearances. The reason I say seven all-star appearances, because I'm talking about the bona fide stars over a duration of time. So Kevin Durant is injury prone. We got to update our models of who Kevin Durant is. He's still a superstar. Don't get it twisted. But he's an injury-prone superstar. 
Y'all know Chris Paul's older, so he's bound to miss some time. Mm. So if we know that Chris Paul bound to miss some time in the playoffs and Kevin Durant has missed 57% of games played, what Suns team are we going to see when we need to see him? That's why, Joy, my model of the Suns and my hopes of them going to the title, it has been sobered up with the Kevin Durant injury. Where do you stand? Well, I was never drunk because it's hard to win championships. Mm. All pros hard to do. You know what else is hard to do? Win championships. True. Hard, hard. And KD just got there. Hard, hard. (laughs) He just got there. So it's not just that they're losing Kevin Durant to this injury, but they've had him all season long, so they know how all the rotations are going to work, what the Mm. subs are going to look like, how he's going to fit in. Now, he looks like he was fitting in pretty quickly. He did. But now he's going to be coming back, and it's go time. It's going to be in the postseason. That's not what you wanted. This was already a short window for him to get to Phoenix and get into this system and get everybody comfortable. It's not a great situation. KD's missed time earlier. You mentioned Chris Paul. He's missed time this season. Devin Booker's missed time time. this season. Again, the West is a little iffy right now. There are some injuries spread around the entire Western Conference, and no one was really that strong coming into this part of the season to begin with. But, yeah, this is is very concerning if, if you're the Suns. It's funny how we just forget how easy Kevin Durant came there and they won games when he played 3-0. Okay. So I do think that the Suns – and it's like a hit. First of all, I'm going to answer the question. No, it did not take a hit from me. I still think they're the favorite to come out the West. Yep. And once you get to the finals, anything can happen. Right, so I, I don't, I'm not sure how bad the injury was. He's still waiting for the MRI. And then if you've seen in the video, the sprained ankle, he got up mm-hmm. and, he, and he walked normal, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't ginger at all. He was walking. So we got to wait to see what happens. But I do think this Suns team is good enough to win – at least one series without Kevin Durant. And then the best part about Kevin Durant, which mm. no other player in the game right now can do, they can go to any team in jail right away. So, yeah, he might not have been with this team for a certain amount of games, right, and it's still fresh, still new. Mm-hmm. But we've seen when he came in, buckets. he can give you buckets playing defense. Now you've got a seven-footer that can play the guard or play the, four, or play the, 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 uh, the center. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need him to do, he can do. And, and Kevin Durant, he makes it so easy for every player. Like, look at Booker. We already thought Booker was a beast. Now you see him, he's shooting at a way more efficient rate. With KD's 56% from the field, 50% from three, averaging 36 points a game with KD. You bring KD in there, things are different. So I think uh, it's the same for me. Same for you. Slick, how you feel about that? I'd like, I'd like to believe that. And I, and I agree with you. If anybody could come You back, should, Slick. You should agree with your boy, we I try. I try. <laughs> if, I, I feel like I'm the dentist on this show, right? You go, to, you, go to the, cause you, you go to the dentist, and if he doesn't say anything, you're good. But most of the time, he's got to give you say. bad news. Like, right. you go to the dentist, like, <laughs> I'm hoping he doesn't find anything. <sighs> Look, if anybody can come back, because we're, we're talking about – coming back during the playoffs now and jumping into a team. This is not like Steph Curry last year. Steph Curry missed time, came back, jumped in, and they kept going. But there was a familiarity there in having him jump in. My biggest concern is that KD isn't just your second best scorer or best scorer, well, top two. He's also one of your top two rebounders. Mm-hmm. He's right. also one of your top two shot blockers. Mm-hmm. And although he's only played three games, like, he can play make two. Yes, he can. So look at the rest of that roster. Where are you getting another great rebounder? Where are you getting another great playmaker? Where, honestly, where are you getting another great scorer? Like, Mikael Bridges could plug in. Cam Johnson could plug in. Right. You, could, you could get that Crowder. from elsewhere. Yeah, you're right. yeah. I just – that's going to be the challenge. I, I don't – They're not a super team? 
They are, they are not a super, you know what they are? They're a super heavy, a top heavy not team heavy. is yeah, what they right. are. I agree with that. And this is the danger because I, you, what you're seeing is if you look at championship teams over the last few years, what has been their hallmark hasn't necessarily been star studded. It's been depth and versatility Yeah. because everybody's going. But I would say it's been this. both. Because if you think about last year with the Warriors, you know Steph Curry, he gave you all a 40-piece. I think he gave you a couple of them in the finals. Year before Giannis, he closed out with 50 and 20, if I'm not, yes. 50 and 10, 50 and 18 in that finals. So you got that, but that, 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 that Bucks team also had P.J. Tucker, also yes. had Portis, also yeah. had Drew Holiday, also had – and yes, and the Warriors team also had Wiggins, That's also true, had yeah. Poole coming off the bench. So it had star power and reserves. You made a great point, though. Kevin Durant being hurt is really like a team losing two players. Mm-hmm. Because the Suns gave up two players that are now balling, by the way, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Suns gave up two players for KD. So it's not just like the Suns lost KD. They really lost the equivalent for the Suns of two legitimized players. It will be fascinating to see if they can overcome Okay, we got to get y'all to the breaking news in the NFL today. It literally just happened a bit over an hour ago. The Miami Dolphins, Tua Tungavailoa, remember, he's a first-round pick. So the question was, would they pick up his fifth-year option? This decision is incredibly pivotal because if they don't pick up the option, it sends a message that resounds throughout the locker room. Well, they picked it up. $23 million is what it costs the Dolphins to not only retain Tua this coming year, that would be year four, but more importantly, the following year, that would be year five. Remember, Tua missed five games last season due to a concussion. This was a huge message the Dolphins are sending by picking up the fifth-year option. What it means, number one, dismiss all the Lamar Jackson nonsense. The Dolphins ain't in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Dismiss the Aaron Rodgers nonsense. The Dolphins are not in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. But more importantly, it sends a message not only to Tua but the entirety of the Miami Dolphins that, hey, we have our guy for the next couple years. We got our guy. We believe that he will return healthy. If we didn't believe he would return healthy, you wouldn't pick up the option, not for 2023, but for 2024. So we believe that Tua will return healthy. And also, when Tua's healthy, he balls. He led the NFL in passer rating. Make no mistake about just how efficient Tua Tungabailoa is. Also, remember, the Dolphins started at 7-3. and three. The Dolphins beat the Ravens. The Dolphins beat the Bills. The Dolphins played some really, really good football this season. So when Tua is healthy and Tua is out there on the football field, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the entirety of the National Football League. So by picking up the fifth-year option, you calm all the noise and the chaos that exists in so many other franchises. You say you have your guy, and you send a message, not just to the locker room, but a message that really resounds throughout the entirety of the National Football League on where the Dolphins stand with Tua, and they stand in the right place. But, Joy, you are the resident Miami Dolphins fan. You lived in Miami for a while. I won't age you. I've already made that mistake. <laughs> you lived in Miami for a while. You have a harder time with Joy than you do. <laughs> uh, Joy, what does the Dolphins picking up Tua's fifth-year option? What's that breaking news mean? I love it. Commit to Tua. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. How many other guys? We were talking about it before we came on. Mm-hmm. How many other guys have been linked to this position since Tua's been there? Send a message to Tua's the guy. Stop having us in this conversation about sweepstakes for this and this person and this trade for this. And is Tua going to come back? First of all, you answered the question of if he's going to come back healthy, as you just mentioned. Obviously, the Dolphins feel like he is healthy enough to be the starter again next year. They're having very serious conversations with his doctors throughout the postseason, offseason. So they had their answer there. But also, this is smart money-wise. 
We don't know if Tua is the long-term future for the Dolphins. I think even the biggest Tua advocates this year had questions about that. Mm. But if he comes back healthy, if he's available, they win games. He's a winner. He's an efficient passer. He's a clearly a leader. And now he can be comfortably the face of the organization. It's also really smart. This is what the Giants didn't do. Daniel Jones played well enough for a big contract, and now they kind of had to give it to him. If you have to franchise tag Tua next year instead of picking up his op- option, it will be around $43 million. Yeah, that 23.2 sounds a lot better than 43, especially if you're not sure what you're going to do with him. So long term, this makes sense in the next few years, knowing what the money is going to be to build around him and you're securing Tua's spot as the franchise quarterback. 2-5, talk to me, man. What does this news mean, not just for Tua, for the Dolphins, for the league, all of it? Yeah, it means a lot, man, for the Dolphins, right? They're, they constantly show that they, they want Tua as their guy, as a quarterback. You make a move like this, give him his fifth-year option, you don't have to worry about, like, oh, is he, is he part of the, the plans for the future? And you have enough time. I think this is a great thing because for the team and Tua, if Tua gets $23 million, right? And then for the team, it's super expensive for the quarterbacks. $23 million is nothing for real. And I think that now you get a, a more time to really develop Tua. Like, I think Tua's a hell of a player, but he's been injured. I mean, if you look at his track record, you know, he's missed, what, five games yep. due to concussion, right, last year. And then the year before that, he missed, what, four or five games for a rib and a finger issue. So I, I think you have that period of time where, okay, l- let's give him a, a trial run, right? We know he can play well, but can he stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, I think he'll get a bigger contract, you know, eventually. But if he can't, you have him there with the 23 million dollars, and if he can't do it, he might not be for the future. Shady, take me into the player's perspective because what so many at home don't realize, Daniel Jones, first-round pick, yeah. he had to go into this year knowing it's his contract year. Right. Now, that's great maybe for linebackers, for edge rushers, maybe even for running backs, that extra bit of motivation. You saw running back for the Raiders. Uh, remind me his name. Josh Jacobs. Josh, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Yep, Jacobs. Running back for the Raiders. He balled this year, his contract year. 1,600 yards rushing, he going to get paid. But for a quarterback, it's probably a little bit more sensitive having to go into the last year knowing it's a contract year. Speak specifically for the player of Tua. How much does this mean knowing, okay, I can exhale. This next year's not my contract year. They believe in me. Yeah. I can breathe. Well, Talk about that. I think it's a sense of, like, um, insurance, right? Like, okay, this team wants me. I, I, I have time here. Where When you're on that bubble, you talk about, like, going to free agency. It's like, yo. If I don't ball out, they might get rid of me. I might have to relocate. You know, your kids might go to school somewhere. Like, you start thinking of everything where now when they pick up that fifth-year option, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm with my team. I have some guarantee here. And, and, I, and, and like, it eases your mind at night. But on the flip side, I got to be honest, man. Like, I, I know some players who on that bubble, when, when, when they're, they're gear, they're, they have one more year left in the contract and they got to ball out to get a new deal, I do like Deshaun Jackson was great at it. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, another one great at it. Like, okay, the money's coming back. I'm betting on myself. They ball out. They hit the market. They get paid, paid, paid. So it works both ways. I think a guy like Tua, though, who – and and I love Tua, but I I think he lacks confidence sometimes. Mm. And you've seen that with the previous teams. You know, the head coaches, they they didn't want to just automatically say, yo, Tua's our guy, and he was up and down. Where you got a – like Daniel, a coach like him, who comes in there and gives you the keys. Look, I want to go as far as you take as as your team. And and you see the difference on the way Tua played when he know that the coach is behind him. Yeah, it means that Tua has convinced them to change the message. Because to Joy's point, like a year ago, we were talking about who are they going to get to replace Tua. Tua right. was not the answer. And I don't know that they're convinced that he is the answer now, but he showed them enough that they're willing to find out or give him another year. And I believe it also doubles down on the perspective of Mike McDaniel 
being a player's coach and the yes, message that it sends to every other NFL player in the league. Because it's not just that Tua has been injured. It's that Tua got concussed. Mm-hmm. And Tua got concussed out there trying to ball and carry this team. Right. And if I'm another NFL player and I see the Miami Dolphins going, you know what? We're, we're a little bit party to the fact that there's questions about your future as an NFL player. Let us give you another year to find your way back. I think that sends a very meaningful message to every other player in the NFL in a league where we generally look at it and go, hey, they don't care. If yep. you can play, you're their boy. And if you can't, then we're going to move on and, and, and go with someone else. So in a lot of ways, I think this does – I think Tua earned it. I think it makes financial sense. But I also like the way it the, – the light that it puts the Miami Dolphins in, in that they're going to take care of him as much as they can, considering their part and why he is – questionable moving forward and don't get it twisted the fifth year option really is a cheat code for nfl franchises that benefits them oh yes the 2011 cba was the cba where now all of a sudden first round picks they had a four-year deal with a fifth year option why that fifth year option it's something that joy mentioned earlier when you have that fifth year option rather than having to pay a quarterback after four years now you can buy time 23 million dollars is dirt for a quarterback Mm -hmm. imagine what daniel jones is going to be making in the 2024 season Daniel Jones in the 2024 season is going to be making roughly $40 million. You could say 41, given the fact that he has, I believe, 81 or $82 million guaranteed. Meanwhile, Tua is going to be making $23 million. Imagine what Kyler Murray is going to be making in that 2024 season. Meanwhile, Tua is going to be making just $23 million. Dolphins, in my mind, it is brilliant to pick it up if, you assume Tua will be healthy. Joy, I don't think you've missed one of Tua's games since he's entered the league. You watch the Dolphins every single Sunday. You watch them closely. Do you like the Dolphins picking up that fifth-year option? Yeah, I do. I think from the business side of it, it makes sense, as you just mentioned. We all just watched what happened with the Giants. And it was right for the Giants not to pick up the option. We didn't know what Daniel Jones was. Brian Dable has transformed his career and his you know, generational wealth in that way. But the Dolphins saw that they don't want to be in that situation. Now, I think Tua is much better than Daniel Jones, and he's shown to have a much higher ceiling, so it would make sense to do that anyway. But it also puts you in a better financial position. It gives you more time to negotiate with Tua. And let's be honest, we need to see if Tua is going to stay healthy this season. If Tua has another season where he misses multiple games, there's going to be real questions about whether he can be the franchise guy moving forward. So this gives Tua a, a solid base, a, a, a financial base, and it gives the Dolphins a space to evaluate and have a, a real just – it gives the Dolphins stability. But, that, that, to me, is what it feels like because the Dolphins never really have an answer. There's always questions about who they're bringing in. Is Tua going to be the guy? This just gives you stability. Let's build on what we were doing last year. Let's stay healthy and see how far we can go with it. You know the business of the NFL. You've been watching it long enough. You've covered it long enough. Shady hit the no- nail on the head earlier. Tua, the biggest question around him is not his talent. The biggest question around him is his health. Go back to his last year at Alabama. He dislocated his hip. We did not know if he would play football again and to what degree he would play football again. Then go back to his rookie year with the Dolphins. He was still coming off that injury. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick. It was Tua. Then his second year with the Dolphins, if I am not mistaken, I was not covering them as closely at the time. I believe it was Jacoby Brissett. Tua, Tua rib, uh, Tua hand. Then this last year with the Dolphins, Tua concussion. Do you think, though, Joy, that given Tua's injury history, 
was a little, it may be fiscally irresponsible to tether yourself to a quarterback for an additional year if you don't know if that quarterback can make it through an additional season. Well, this isn't going to kick in until the year after next anyway. Correct. So this year he's making 9.5, it'll be 9.6 million against the, the cap hit, if I'm not mistaken. You already said it, 23 million is not, is not a lot of money. Considering that the, the franchise tag would be 43 million, mm. That's a deal. Wow. If you need to move off of Tua, if, it, if it's a disaster this season, which I don't think it will be, and I don't think the Dolphins think it will be, but let's just say he's not healthy another year and you're like, okay, we can't keep doing this, it's $23 million. You could sign a whole additional quarterback with that rate. Like, that's, that's nothing compared to what you're paying top 10, top 15 guys in the market right now. So it's not really fiscally irresponsible. We've already seen that there is no, there's really no deal that can't be moved anyway. Mm -hmm. Anyone can be traded. Anything can be moved around. They can make the money work if they want to make it work. But this is either way. They could bring in somebody else, a veteran, if they wanted to and still be able to pay to it with this rate. What's up, family? The most entertaining and engaging conversation in sports right now. Where is Lamar Jackson going to land? Remember, he's a Baltimore Ravens as it stands right now. They gave him the non-exclusive franchise tag, slightly disrespectful, because it means other teams can come in and flirt with Lamar Jackson, engage in conversation talks. Well, given the fact that Lamar Jackson might end up in a different situation, in a different team, I want to tell you the teams that make the most sense. I'm going to give them to you in order, the five most important teams that really would benefit from Lamar Jackson. Let's start at number five. How about the Tennessee Titans? The reason I like the Tennessee Titans for Lamar Jackson, I like who they have as a coach in Vrabel. They are consistently atop their division or fighting to stay atop their division. Also, keep in mind, that division is very, very, very weak. It's either going to be the Titans, the Colts, the Texans. Come on now. Titans, find a way to win that division. The Jacksonville Jaguars currently have the throne. I think the Titans can take it from them if they get Lamar Jackson. And number four, the Carolina Panthers. Oh, do the Panthers make a whole lot of sense because they need a quarterback, y'all. And we know what the Panthers almost did last season, even without a quarterback. The Panthers had Sam Darnold, they had P.J. Walker, they had Baker Mayfield. Get yourself Lamar Jackson. You could steady that quarterback position. At number three, I really like the Atlanta Falcons. This one, to me, it almost makes, almost makes the most sense. Why? Because Lamar Jackson's style of play, it's reminiscent of Michael Vick. Remember what Michael Vick meant to that city and did for that city. If the Falcons get Lamar Jackson, who they could desperately benefit from, I think the Falcons instantly win that division. At number two, well, it's the team that Lamar already knows all too well. It's the Baltimore Ravens. I have the Ravens at number two because at the end of the day, Lamar, just stay home. You are unanimous MVP with the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens had one of the best defenses in all of football last year after they acquired Roquan Smith, so it makes all the sense in the world. But at number one, and I'm surprised nobody's really talking about this team. How about the New York Jets? The New York Jets actually make the most sense for Lamar Jackson. Why? Because they are the team that is most desperate. The Ravens aren't all that desperate for Lamar Jackson. Why aren't they? Because they shouldn't be. They've won two Super Bowls since the turn of the century. Only five NFL organizations have done that. The Ravens aren't that desperate for Lamar Jackson. Why? Because they shouldn't be. They've won Super Bowls with Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer. But the Jets... The Jets could come up with the money to get Lamar Jackson because they're trying to come up with the money to get Aaron Rodgers. The Jets haven't been to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl since 1969. The Super Bowl price that year, $12. The Jets haven't had a starting quarterback who they believe in since God knows how long. The Jets are actually the team that makes the most sense 
for Lamar Jackson. At least that's in my mind. But let me listen to much more brilliant minds than my own. Slick Rick the Buker, I loved your thoughts on where you think Lamar Jackson should land. Which team should pursue Lamar in your mind? You know, I love the idea of him going to or staying with the Ravens, but I took didn't think that was on the board because I just can't wrap my head around the idea that after everything has happened, that he wants to stay in Baltimore. So I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans because I'm looking at the place that he can have the greatest impact. That's the team that offensively was 28th in scoring, uh, 30th in, in, in offensive yardage. And uh, to your point, uh, I'm a believer in Mike Vrabel. Yes, their defense needs to be upgraded. I believe he has the capability of doing that. He rehabilitated Ryan Tannehill. If it wasn't for what I saw with Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, I would be of the – I've basically sold my Frank Reich stock. I, I Once upon a time, I, I was heavily invested, and, and now I'm not. So when I look at the division, when I look at the coach, and I look at where can he go, considering that it's going to cost you two first-round picks and – a pricey contract, where can he go where he's going to have the most immediate impact? Mm. And I can't find a place better than the Titans. I like where you're at with that one. Joy, where do you stand on Lamar Jackson and the sweepstakes? What team makes the most sense? Either Las Vegas. Keep in mind, Raiders, y'all could become not the biggest show in town very quickly. Vegas is about entertainment. Mm -hmm. That's what that whole building was built for. You keep putting out this so-so uh, product. By the way, Ace is winning a championship. Golden Knights are competitive. You got mega fights there every weekend. The Raiders need to do something impactful. Right now, they're like, oh, we don't have a quarterback. It's cool. We don't have Derek Carr. It's fine. We're just going to figure it out. We don't have Tom Brady. You don't have a quarterback. It makes the most sense for the Raiders to go and get, try and get Lamar Jackson. Go pay the quarterback. Get somebody who's box office. You need that in Vegas. Sure. Get somebody who wins regular season games. And, and you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and now you got Sean Payton with Russell Wilson. Y'all just mailing it in? Just, just going for You're just going to tank for the draft next year? Better hope nobody else is, is worse than you are if that's the plan. I don't think that works in Vegas. So I think the Raiders should definitely go after Lamar Jackson. My pick was, uh, was the Panthers, right? I think a really, really good defense. A lot of playmakers on the other side of the ball. But then you look at the offense where he needs – he always needed a number one receiver. I feel like he never really had that. Even like how, how, um, Hollywood, Hollywood, Brown. Yeah, Hollywood Brown, he was a good player, but I don't think he was a number one. He was really good, but not a number one. You get D.J. Moore with the Panthers, mm. that's a number one receiver, right? They run the ball extremely well. I think you get Lamar Jackson there. But I got to go back, man. Where you going? When we had – so my rookie year was Michael Vick's first year with the Eagles. And I remember the next year we went to the Falcons. We played in, in, uh, in Atlanta. And just how the fans was going so crazy for Michael Vick when he was with the Eagles playing the Falcons. <laughs> like, they was cheering for him. He thought first down cheering for him. I'm like, yo, he really owns not just the franchise and the stadium. He owns the town. He owns the city. He yeah. owned Atlanta. Every, every rapper that talks about Michael Vick days, they love them. Owners love money. Right? And they were winning. Lamar Jackson is the closest thing to Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. He is. Fair. So send him back there. I think you got Kyle Pitts yep. at the tight end, right? You got some other playmakers, some, some young guys, and you build your core around Lamar Jackson. I would say Atlanta. When you say Atlanta, though, Shady, if you're, if you're, if you're Lamar Jackson, 
How much of you wants to stay home and be a Baltimore Raven for the rest of your life as opposed to the allure of maybe I could go to a place like Atlanta? You're riding vigorously. Um, I don't know if I can see that. I don't know. He's talking about it's called cash. You go wherever that cash is at. Is at home? Is it at Baltimore? It says speak. 200 million, I'm coming there. Give me that money. Okay, you went to Buffalo and you were the highest paid at your position. Highest paid at your position. Holla. If you could do it yourself, because it wasn't your choice to go to okay. Buffalo, mm. if you could do it yourself, would you have rather stayed in Philly, not been the highest paid at your position, made good money, be top five, be top 10 running backs, but stayed in Philly the entirety of your career through Buffalo? Let's assume you still get the two rings. Or would you have rather gone to Buffalo for those four or five years, if I'm not mistaken, been the highest paid at your position? Break that down for me. I can't stay on show. It's a good call. That's a great question. Yep. I- I'll probably stay in Philadelphia mm. for so many different reasons. I mean, one, my, my hometown, right, like my, my house where I grew up in is an hour away from Philadelphia. That's one. Two is I was an all-time lead rusher there. Yep. Right? I add on to that legacy. I add on to that stat. I add on to that record. Um, you know, and then, and then they were paying me pretty well, right? I was like, what, fourth highest pay at the time? So it wasn't like it went from, from, from four to like 13 or 15. It was fourth to one. So I probably would have stayed. I mean, and like. It's one thing when one player, like Larry Fitzgerald is one of my favorite players, and, and, and we're good friends, but yep. more just how he conducted himself business-wise with, okay, now he has stake with the, um, 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 the uh, Suns. Yep. He, right? He, he, mm-hmm. he got equity with the Suns. That's yeah. crazy. At least 2% or whatever it is, percentage it is for a minority owner, but he's got part of that. And I think, like, they gave him that. They could give it to anybody. Yeah. They gave it to Larry Fitzgerald because who he, he was is, to that. Is, he, he is a Phoenix, Arizona Cardinal. Absolutely. Great point. Right? So small things like that where I look at even going to the basketball games. I call Mike Rubin up. You don't come into the game. Or David Adelman. These are owners for the Sixers. And, like, it's like a community thing. So if I had to take everything back and I had to do it myself, you're right. I probably stayed for the Philadelphia Eagle. Um, and I probably wouldn't got traded to, to Buffalo. So I can rip this up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But the only thing is <laughs> – I was like fourth highest paid at the time. True. That was on my third deal. True. The Buffalo. True. True. Well, we have some breaking news in the NFL. I literally just got it in a text from our producers. We had a huge trade. The Carolina Panthers, they are trading up to get the number one overall pick in this coming NFL draft. Did this happen? Ju- literally Ooh. just happened. We'll fill you in on what Let's that means and who they are going to acquire more than likely. Next on Speed. Go nowhere. What they need? Quarterback. Quarterback. Yep. Oh, my God. What they give up? We have breaking NFL news on this Friday, and this is legitimately huge news. The Bears, they are trading their number one overall pick in this year's draft for the number one overall pick in exchange for a lot of things. This does not necessarily do it justice. Rappaport says the Bears trading the number one overall pick to the Panthers in exchange for big-time compensation. Bring us on camera. Let me tell you all the compensation. Bring us on camera. Bring us on camera. Bring us on camera. Okay, what are the Bears getting in exchange for the first-round pick from the Panthers? They're getting the Panthers' ninth overall pick, just swapping first-rounders. They're getting the 61st overall pick. Think the bottom of the second round. They're getting a first-round pick in 2024, so an additional first-round pick. They're getting a second-round pick in 2025, so an additional second-round pick. Plus, they're getting D.J. Moore from the Carolina Panthers, a bona fide number one receiver. When I think about this, first and foremost, I'm like, okay, Justin Fields, shout out to you. They are removing the excuses from you. You now have Chase Claypool, you got Darnell Mooney, a speedster, but more importantly, you got D.J. Moore. Why do I like this? Because people are best when they are playing the roles they're supposed to play. 
Chase Claypool's not a number one receiver, but he a good number two receiver. Yes, yeah, right. Darnell Mooney, I don't like him as a number one or number two receiver. I classify him as a speedster. He has the talent in my mind to be a number two, but more than anything, if you can put him in a slot and just let him take the tops off of defenses, let him run safeties off and cover four, let him mistrust the Mike Backer running through the middle of the zone and cover two, Darnell Mooney now has the ability to thrive because DJ Moore is a legitimized number one receiver. The Bears had one of the best rushing offenses we've seen in the history of the National Football That's League. True. So now, you got Justin Fields, retain David Montgomery, uh, you got Mooney at number three. You got Claypool at number two. You got DJ Moore at number one. And you did all of that just by getting rid of the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. I love this first and foremost for Justin Fields. My initial reaction, Shady, what's yours? My thing is, well, who are the Panthers going to get then? You did all that. Who are you going to get? It's got to be. It's Bryce or CJ in my mind. Yep. Probably yeah. Bryce. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I love it. I love it for the Bears, though, just because, I mean, uh, Justin Fields, who, who's a quarterback who shows a lot of talent, mm-hmm. right, with his legs. It's Thomas saying with his arm. I think if he develops better, now he has some legit, you know, playmakers around him now. You give him a number one receiver with DJ Moore, we can see what he really can do. And that would be like the, the, the true uh, testament if he's really legit quarterback as a complete runner and thrower or he's just a runner. So this is, this is good for him. They're giving him some, some more help, and I'd like to see what happens. Shout out to Ryan Poles. I love this move. Yeah, that was crazy. I love it. I actually love it for both teams, but let's talk about Chicago for a second. First of all, everything you just said. Now you can really find out what Justin Fields is. Mm-hmm. Right. DJ Moore is legit. Ain't nobody questioning what he's capable of yep, doing. Right. So you have a guy now. You got legit. A, you got a legit wide receiving core. Everyone can play their role perfectly. We know you can run. So if you can't throw the ball to this, this group of, mm-hmm. of men, then we have bigger worries. We have something else to move on to. You have a bunch of picks so here's, where, here's what I'm thinking. This is why I love this. And this is why I was begging for the Bears to do this and not just redraft another quarterback and put him in the same situation Justin Fields was in. If it doesn't work with Justin Fields, you have a number one pick, an additional first-round pick in 2024. Mm-hmm. And you got that second in 2025. So if you're in a bad situation at the end of this season, Justin Fields isn't the guy. Use the draft capital that you got in the coming years to trade up and get someone new next year. Yep. This yep. is brilliant. You can invest in your young quarterback, see if he can be the passer he was in college because you've given him legitimate pieces. Mm-hmm. You can continue to draft and build around him with the additional picks, pick in, in the 61st pick, and you have the ninth pick, so you're still going to get a great player there. This is brilliant. I love it. Yeah, I'm struggling to see the benefits on the Carolina side of things as much as I can see them with Chicago because and it's the DJ Moore piece Mm -hmm. because presumably you're moving up to number one to get a new quarterback to get a young quarterback and now you're taking away the number one receiver from that young quarterback and as I said I'm kind of out on the Frank Reich stock so this idea that I'm going to take away the number one uh, number one receiver and I'm going to bring in a uh, a brand new quarterback and now I'm Going to have Frank Wright develop him. I just for Chicago. I mean, you can if you compare it to the Trey Lance trade that the 49ers made, you could say, well, it's not that ex- it's not that outrageous in terms of what they gave up. But if you ask the 49ers, would they redo? Would they do mm. that over again? Did they get their money's worth out of that trade? You probably they they would say no. So that's where I look at it, and I just feel as if ah, this feels like a desperate. Big move yeah. by Carolina. It is a but, move, but if you're Carolina, what other choice do you have? We just had him on the board talking about how they should right. go after Lamar Jackson. Now you don't have to pay Lamar Jackson $250 million guaranteed. You have Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud who likely go 
one, so you have a young quarterback. I don't think they wanted to give up DJ Moore in this trade, but if you want to get the number one overall pick, all right, we're Chicago. You got to give us. You got to do what you got to do. Here's so my thing, find though. Find him in the draft. I love, I love it for the Panthers as well. Reason I love it for the Panthers is, remember what the Niners had to do to give up Trey. Not only did they swap first, they had to give up two additional firsts. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Panthers gave up a first yeah. and DJ Moore. Now, DJ Moore is a former first, if I'm not mistaken. But keep in mind, DJ Moore going into year three. Yeah. That fifth-year option going to have to get picked up yep. real soon. Yeah, pick, also, yeah. keep in mind, owners and coaches don't forget. What did DJ Moore do this previous season that cost the Carolina Panthers a game? After he caught that incredible walk-off touchdown, he threw his helmet off. Yeah. So... And when I think about, excuse me, DJ Moore going into year six, when I, th- when I, when I think about um, what the Carolina Panthers have now done, they're retaining the ability to go draft the quarterback that they want. Mm. If Bryce Young, who I think will probably go at number one, if Bryce Young can be that quarterback who the Panthers think he can be, you got to do what you got to do to get him. Remember what Washington did to get RG3. Remember what the Eagles did to get Carson Wentz. Remember what the Rams did to get Jared Goff. Remember what the Niners just did to get Trey Lance. You got to do what you got to do. But what did you just say when this news first hit? And we said, so who are they going after? You said Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Like, there's a question of who should you be going after? Who is? Is there an undisputed number one quarterback that you are going after in this draft? Do you look at either one or both of those guys as a can't-miss pick to be your next I think Bryce. I think Bryce Young. I think all things considered. Uh, now, you can't the, – the only knock on Bryce Young, for those that haven't kept up with football, it's, it's, it's college football. It's size and it's injury. Yep. That's it. But anybody can get hurt. How many 6'2", 6'3", quarterbacks we've seen get hurt? Right. Plenty of them. How many 6'1", running backs I've seen get hurt? How many 6'4", running backs I've seen get hurt? How many 5'10", running backs I've seen be healthy? So the only knock on Bryce Young is will he stay healthy or not? But in my mind, if you win a Heisman in the SEC – Come on, bro. But also from Carolina's perspective, why not? You're going to sit at sit at nine and wait and see if wh- whoever's left is Will, Level, Will Levis Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, and, and we don't know what they are going to be. At least we feel confident that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to have nice careers in the NFL at the, at the, at the bottom of mm. the, what they're capable of doing. So then you're really taking a risk. You can take a big swing here. Now you give him a couple years to develop. You continue to build the team around him you got to take chances in the NFL, and particularly in that division. Like, that's a winnable division. And it's a cost-effective chance. Correct. Lamar Jackson is a very, very, very expensive chance. Bryce Young, you got five years of him for the cheap. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, like, their defense is really, really strong. Mm-hmm. So now you could take uh, free agency, draft picks to build for the quarterback. So that, I guess it works on both sides. I just – I like Bryce Young. He's probably my favorite quarterback um, just watching football. But then when I met him at the Super Bowl, I was, I was surprised how small he was. I'm like, oh, dang, he's tiny. And I think in the NFL, I think a lot of – now, I don't care about that because, right? like, I never really lift weights and all that, and I was a beast. And I think he still could be a beast. It's just that I think it was scares the owners and NFL coaches is if he does get hit, these 300 pounds lay on him. And these ain't college guys. It's just, oh, he's missing you. No, uh-huh. they hitting you. They laying on you. Like, how would he – you know, hold up. Because a guy like Tua is small. And then you know, every time he, he he gets hurt a lot, I'll just say that. You're not so, wrong. You're not wrong we'll about see. that.